Church, it is lovely to be with you again. Two weeks ago, Pastor Glenn commenced a series in the book of Exodus. And today I want to continue in this. And the theme is the defiance. The defiance. Let me read to you from Exodus chapter 5 and just the first 18 verses to illustrate this defiance of Pharaoh. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labour? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now numerous and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and foremen in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the men so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Then the slave drivers and the foremen went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says. I will, give you, I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required of you for each day, just as when you had straw. The Israelite foremen appointed by Pharaoh's slave drivers were beaten and were asked, Why didn't you meet your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Then the Israelite foreman went and appealed to Pharaoh, why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet we are told, make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Pharaoh said, lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That is why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. That seems rather harsh, doesn't it? Well, 
a little while ago, I was in a supermarket when I noticed a mother and child having a disagreement. The mother was trying to do her grocery shopping and the child wanted something. The mother said no to the child. So the child proceeded to cry, to scream, to lash out, to thrash about while demanding that the mother give to the child what the child wanted. Well, I felt sorry for the mother because she was obviously embarrassed at the public disobedience and the defiance of her child. This incident raises the question as to whether we, as a nation, can also sometimes behave like this child. We can act disobediently, we can thrash about, we can scream, we can make a whole lot of noise just to get what we want. Do we live in a country that acknowledges and submits to the will and purposes of God? Or do we live in a country that chooses to be ignorant and defiant against the will and purposes of God? If you think the latter, does it mean that we are a nation of people with ODD? Have you ever heard of ODD? It's an acronym for Oppositional Defiant Disorder. In simple terms, it's a persistent, excessive pattern of negative and aggressive behaviour against authority figures in a person's life and is often characterised by violent outbursts, resistance to rules and a predilection for spiteful behaviours. It's often associated with ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, and in some cases there has been a link found with Asperger's syndrome. But not all acts of defiance can simply be attributed to a social or mental disorder, nor reduced to an acronym. Sometimes defiance is simply an act of the will that says that what I want for me is more important than anything or anyone else. After all, isn't the middle letter of the word sin the letter I? In our reading today, we heard of the defiance of the Pharaoh of Egypt against the will and the purposes of God. The Pharaoh was a man who was used to getting his own way. He had all his life been indulged and given whatever he wanted. And now we see again what he wanted and when he wanted it. He was a man who would broach no opposition and accept no authority other than his own. In short, he was a despot who was a cruel and vindictive man who cared very little for the life 
and welfare of anyone under his authority and rule. So, who was this Pharaoh of the Exodus? Well, in my reading over many years, I have noted that various scholars have argued for various pharaohs. Some have argued for in the 16th century, uh, 16th dynasty, that it was Dedemosis II. Others have argued in the 18th dynasty for Amosis I, Thutmosis III, and Akhenaten. And others have argued in the 19th dynasty for Seti I and Ramesses II. There is no general agreement. Of course, none of us can be sure of the true identity of the Pharaoh of the Exodus because there is no definitive record nor agreement on the actual dating. So, while the actual identity of the Pharaoh remains a mystery to us, the attitudes and the actions of the man do not. The primary issue at hand was that Moses and Aaron were commissioned by God to go to the Pharaoh with a message. And the message was this, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. To put this request into context, the Pharaoh was not a follower or worshipper of the one true creator God. He had his own list of gods that he thought ordered his life and existence and to whom he paid obeisance to further his own ends and secure his own position of power and authority. Some of these gods were Amun-Ra, the hidden one, Mut, the mother goddess, Osiris, the king of the living, Anubis, the divine embalmer, Ra, and I'm sure you've heard of that one, god of the sun and radiance, Horus, the god of vengeance, Thor, Thoth, sorry, god of knowledge and wisdom, Hathor, the goddess of motherhood, Sekhmet, goddess of war and healing, and Geb, god of the earth. Not only that, not only did the Pharaoh acknowledge these gods, but many of the Pharaohs also considered themselves as gods to the people who served them. And when Moses and Aaron brought this message from the unknown God of the Hebrew slaves, Pharaoh had a choice to make. Either he could investigate their claim and see if this request of their God should be given credence, or he could simply ignore it. And as we read in verse 4, Pharaoh replied, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labour. Not only that, on the same day 
in a further act of defiance against the will and the command of God, Pharaoh gave the following order to his taskmasters. You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And further on he said, the people are idle. They're lazy. This was the Pharaoh's first act of defiance against God. Despite the many examples and proofs given to Pharaoh that God was genuine and not to be ignored and disobeyed, the Pharaoh chose to remain stubborn and defiant. His attitude was simple. Who is this God of the Hebrew slaves to tell me what to do? How often do we hear this same attitude? Even today, among those we count as family and friends, there are those who stand up and say, who is this God to tell me what to do? Because of the Pharaoh's aberrant attitudes, the record tells us that God hardened the Pharaoh's heart against the will and the commands of God. After all of the proofs that Pharaoh had been given by Moses and Aaron, now, after repeated defiance, God hardens the heart of Pharaoh. Exodus chapter 7, verse 3. And as a result of his defiance, the Pharaoh had opened himself to the discipline and correction of God. And little did he realise the impact and the extent of this discipline. What ensued was what we often describe as a battle of wills, much like between the mother and the child in the supermarket. Only this was a battle of wills between God and the Pharaoh of Egypt. The Pharaoh saw the intervention of Moses and Aaron as a challenge to his power and authority, while God saw Pharaoh's defiance, stubbornness and willfulness as the very seed of sin and evil that has infected all of humanity. By his unwillingness to seriously investigate the claims of Moses and Aaron, the Pharaoh set himself up for failure. And as such, the extent of his defiance would determine the extent of God's judgment on the nation and people of Egypt. This was a battle that the Pharaoh could never win. Only he didn't know it yet. Brothers and sisters, after three and a half thousand years of human history, nothing much has changed except that God now has a wonderful plan A for those who choose to listen to God 
and humble themselves before him. His plan was instituted when God revealed himself in the person of the Lord Jesus. For those who willfully set themselves up in defiance against the will and purposes of God, history tells us time and time again that they set themselves up for failure and hurt. Does this mean that everyone who fails and hurts has set themselves up against the will of God? No, not at all. Do not misinterpret and be confused with what I'm saying. Just because all dogs have tails does not mean that all tails belong to dogs. Let me repeat what I said before. Those who willfully set themselves up in defiance against the will and purposes of God set themselves up for failure and hurt, just like the Pharaoh. Conversely, those who acknowledge that they have put themselves and their own self-interest before God and have lived a life in defiance of him, there is a way open by God for them to put the record straight. It is called the way of salvation. As the Lord Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 24, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And in John 14, 6, the Lord Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If only the arrogant, the stubborn, and the defiant Pharaoh had listened to Moses and the word of God that Moses had brought to him, he could have saved himself and the nation of Egypt a whole lot of grief and hardship. Brothers and sisters, the exact same lesson is for all people today. If only we would listen to the voice of God and submit to his supreme authority in our lives. Defiance against the pure and perfect will of God is never a wise recipe or strategy for life. Instead, we do well if we got it into our heads that we are not masters of our own universe and that we are not the ultimate authors of our lives. So what can we do? The answer is simple. If we are prepared to get serious with God, we need to get in touch with the one who has given us this amazing gift of life. We've got to be prepared to seek him out. We need to earnestly seek him, to know how he would have us live, plus learn the life values and principles that should inform and guide us day by day. 
Let us not deceive ourselves. God has a master plan for each one of us. It is a master plan that does not diminish our free will, but enhances and enriches our everyday life and choices. It is, as we read and study God's word of Scripture, connect with him in meaningful prayer that is more than just a mere shopping list of what I want. And it as we reach out to others in ways that help and encourage others that we truly begin to know and understand what it is to live a life of obedience to God's will. Only in this way can we discover what it means to bless and honour God in the ways in which he deserves. As the Apostle Paul reminded the early believers in the church at Corinth, for he, that is God, made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 A verse that is well worth memorising. Oh, to learn what it means to be the righteousness of God. To put aside our arrogance, our disobedience, our defiance, to seek God and learn what it is to be the righteousness of God. That's the true secret of a worthwhile and fulfilling life. Finally, brothers and sisters, do not be content with living your life out of a sense of blind obedience arising out of fear, of duty, or of tradition. Instead, seek the Lord that you may know him for who he truly is. Yes, he is the God of justice and judgment, especially against those who live in defiance of his will and his ways. But he is also a God of compassion, a God of mercy, a God of grace and love. Truly, he is worth knowing and his ways are worth living. We have a choice to make and it is a choice that we make moment by moment, day by day, and year by year. And the choice is simple. We either choose to go our own way and live with the consequences of that choice, to choose to live in defiance of the will and purposes of God, just like that child was in defiance to the will of its mother in the supermarket. Or we can choose to invite the Lord Jesus 
to be the Lord of our life. We can choose to invite him to walk with us, to talk with us. We can choose to know his will and his purposes for our life. We can choose to abide in him. Let me close with the words of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Seek, some um, translations use the word seek. Other translations use the word trust. Seek or trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some, not only when it's convenient, but with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall, not may, he shall direct your paths. Choose the Lord and experience real life. Choose self and the consequences are very unfulfilling. Let's pray. Our Father God, we have read the witness of the Pharaoh in his defiance against your will and your purposes. And we know, Lord God, that his end was inglorious. We also have heard the witness of Moses and Aaron who repeatedly sought to convey the message that you entrusted to them. Their life may not have been easy, but it was a life lived in the blessings of God Almighty. And Father God, we thank you that today we do not live in times that are so hard and difficult. We have roof over our head. We have food and an abundance. We have a myriad of transport options. We live in a country that is free from war. Lord, we have this temporary discomfort of this COVID-19. But our lives are far better than those who have gone before us. Lord, may we not just congratulate ourselves for our good fortune or our good luck. But may we acknowledge that we are recipients of the blessings of those who have gone before us who faithfully served and worked very hard. Father God, 
in the affluence that we enjoy, may we not congratulate ourselves, but may we always acknowledge you are the giver. So Lord God, may we use of our affluence, may we use of the benefits and blessings we enjoy on a daily basis, may we use them to bless and benefit others and in so doing, give you all the glory, honour and praise. Father God, as we go forth this week with the restrictions, with the necessary precautions that we must take, Father God, we pray that you will go with us and we pray for opportunity to talk with family, friends, neighbours, whoever we meet, about the wonder and the blessings of the one true living God. May you ever be in our thoughts, may you ever be in our hearts, and may you always be in our speech. Go with us now, and may the blessings of God Almighty Go with each one of you. Amen.